Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Dr. Robert Creech. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, please visit our website at www.trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning. Happy 2023. It is great to see you all today. And first, I want to say, I think most of you know, I have had uh, uh, health issues with a broken hip. And while I have been out, I have an incredible, incredible children's ministry team. And I want to personally thank Kay, Monica, and Maureen for stepping in for me and making it where you didn't even know I was gone, okay? So it really, really is important, and I want you to know as a church, just the wonderful people that we have here. So as we start a new year, a lot of times we like to look forward to the new year, but also let's look at 2022 and sum up some things. So I was looking at some of the things that happened in 2022 that were pretty significant. So now you may have some different things, but these are some of the things that happened. Russia invaded Ukraine. The world population exceeded 8 billion people. Hybrid working from home is apparently here to stay. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp lit up our TV screens with their trial. The Houston Astros win the World Series. I was going to say, it's okay to clap here. NASA released its full first full-color image of deep space. Morocco becomes first the first African team to make the World Cup semifinals. The top Disney children's movie this year was Black Panther. TCU, largest upset in college football playoff history, first to win the Big 12. Okay. We can, Texas, I know, we all got our favorite teams, but this is a big accomplishment last night. Texas has been named the fastest growing state in the United States. Mm-hmm. Some of us like that, and some of us are like, go away. We live, give us our space now. Trinity Baptist Church has called a new senior pastor. And Queen Elizabeth II passes away. Now, I'm a big, I was a big fan of the queen and her stories and her faith in God. And in September, not long, not long before she passed away, this is what she said. 96 years old, she says, each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view to give of my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. Can't say it much better than that, can you? So as we begin thinking about what it means, and so Dr. Creech, I want to apologize. I don't know if we're turning the page or turning the chapter on our new series, okay? So I, I think, I was like, I called it turn the page, and in, in the bulletin it says turn the chapter. But we're turning, we're turning something, okay? So... As we begin thinking about what it means to turn the page 
And the series that Dr. Creech is going to be preaching this month, and I am very humbled that I get to lead this off today. So just so you know, I did steal a few of his notes. Okay. Um, I got to thinking about, I'm like Monica, I love to read. And I read, I, I, I read a lot of different types of books. And it is known in my house, if I start to read a book that I like, I'm going to stay up way late in the night reading the book. Some of you get emails from me at 3.30 in the morning. It's because I've been reading a book, okay? Because I get so excited and I get into the book and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. And I think I'll put it down and wait till tomorrow. But I get captivated and I want to know what's going to happen next. So as I reflected on this, I reflected on a couple of years ago when my daughter turned 18. My daughter is a huge Harry Potter fan. Well, I might say fanatic, okay? She loves Harry Potter. And it could be that when she was in second grade, that's when the first book was released. And guess what? Our last name is Potter. So she came home and said, Mom, I have to read this book. And I said, let me read it with you. And no, she would go to school, sneak it in her backpack, and read so much before she got home. So I didn't get to read all the books. So when she was 18, we just, I decided with another friend that we were going go to go to surprise her and take her to the Universal Studios' grand opening of Harry Potter World. So as we got ready to go, they would talk about what's going to happen when we got into the theme park. And I realized I have no idea what they're talking about because I did not read seven of these size books, people. Seven. This is book four. Look at the size of it. I just want you to see the size of it. Um, and so before the closer we got to going, I thought, if I don't catch up and read these books, I'm not going to know what they're talking about. And I'm not going to have as much fun. I'm not going to get to be part of the experience. So as in true Debbie Potter fashion, two weeks before we left, I decided I would read seven books. By the time we left, I had not completed all seven books. And um, so when they got there, I kept saying, don't tell me things that are going to give away the ending of the book because I want to finish. So I finally did finish the last day we were there. But it made me think about how when I wasn't, hadn't finished the book, I didn't get to fully enjoy the experience. And as I finished it and understood what was happening and who was going to die and what the things in the park meant, it took on greater meaning for me. So it's made me think about this series that we're on. And I think about what part do we need to play? Do we want to only have read book one? Or do we want to get through book seven as we enter this next month of our church life and see where we fit and what we can do to make this ready for our new pastor? So this is called turning the page or turning the chapter. We don't know, but one of, the, uh, one of them. But... We're going to look at Paul this morning, and some of the things that Paul is telling us is going to help us in our ministry here getting ready. So let's look at the scripture today. It's from 2 Corinthians 5.14 through, through 21, and I'm going to read it for you, okay? For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. He died for all. All those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them 
and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he was committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors, as though God were talking to his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. So let's do a quick recap here. This is Paul giving us these words. Now, you remember the story of Paul. He was this really bad guy. He was killing and persecuting Christians, right? And he's on the road, on a trip, on the road to Damascus, and a bright light appears, and he has an encounter with God himself, a face-to-face encounter. Now, when you, I probably think when you have a face-to-face encounter with God, it radically changes your life. And so Paul's life became radically changed. And in that change, he started trying to proclaim the gospel in such a way because he knew what God had done for him was so important, so radical, it changed his life. And he wanted everybody else to do that. And then he wanted churches the ministries to start doing that. So a lot of people say that this passage is about uh, ministry in the church. Now, I have to tell you, when I got this little full disclosure here, when Dr. Creech said this was the passage I was going to preach about, I thought, this happens to me a lot of times, unfortunately. I said, oh, this... (laughs) Oh, great. This is great. This is going to be, thank you, Dr. Creech. This is going to be easy. I got this. I have not murdered tons of Christians. I have not done all these horrible things that Saul did. I grew up in the church. My grandfather was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. I accepted the Lord at eight, and I've been in ministry for almost 30 years. I do not relate to Paul at all. So as I started studying this week, Oh, I can relate to Paul in a lot of ways that I did not realize. So my arrogance when I would read this passage has prevented me from really understanding some things that I understand a little bit better today. So before you check out, thinking you don't have anything in common with Paul, let's see what we can uh, come up with together. Now, when Paul goes to the passage we just read, he is moving us from explanation. He's giving us an explanation but now he wants us to move to application. That is a action. He wants us to take action, okay? So let's look at the first point that Dr. Creech gave me. (laughs) Christ died for us. So let's look at verse 14 again. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that no one died for all and therefore all died. 
Think about that for just a minute. Paul is saying that my love, it's not about my love to Jesus. It's not about Paul's love to Jesus. It's about Jesus' love to us. Take a minute to think about that. There isn't a person in this room that God does not love completely. And that's what Paul wants us to understand. It is about God's love for us. And once we know that God loved us, we also know that God gave us a new life in Christ. So let's look at these next verses. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one. We regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Do you know what a new creation means? It means a new perspective. Because of what God has done for us, that should motivate us to want to do something for God. This is a misunderstood passage, and for me, a very misunderstood passage. See, I used to think that it was this way, that Paul was saying, you need to try harder. You need to do more things. You need to have more works of faith. You need to be at more committee meetings. You need to do all of these things to be a better creation in him. But that's not what he's saying at all. What Paul is saying is that when we have this transforming experience in our lives, we see people differently. We see the world differently. This is where our doctrine and our duty come together. Because church, when we see things differently, we treat people differently. We act differently. And so this is what Paul is definitely trying to say to us. So what we believe and how we behave must go together. This is where this got challenging for me this week. What we believe and how we live must always go together. Our new relationship with Christ helps us to have a new relationship with the world and the people around us. We no longer look at life the way we used to. This is what it says in Hebrews. To know Christ after the flesh means to evaluate him from a human point of view, but the days of his flesh are ended. The way we see people should change. All things become new. We have a new view of the people around us when we have been transformed, when we are a new creation in Christ, we see people differently. We see them as sinners for whom Christ died. We no longer see them as friends or enemies, customers or coworkers, Republicans or Democrats, male or female. We don't see their race, financial position, education, position in society, we see them the way Christ sees them. 
as lost sheep who need a shepherd. I bet every person this morning can think of someone in your life that just drives you crazy. On the, on the way over here, my husband was telling me a story about uh, somebody that he's worked with that he really has had a difficult time with, but how through the transformation of God's touching in his heart, he's encountering this person differently and th- at work, and things are becoming better. All of us have somebody who drives us crazy, who we think, we're not, I don't have to like them. I don't have to reach out to them. Paul is not giving us an exception here. It's all people. The one that drives you the craziest is probably the one you need to be reaching out to the most. So just kind of ponder on that for a minute. The next thing, God reconciled himself to us. In verses 18 and 19, he says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Paul wants us to become so thoroughly transformed that we become members of a new creation. So let's, you know, creation takes us back to Genesis, right? In the beginning, we're a creation. The story of God's creation of the world. From the beginning, God intended that men and women and people work in concert for him. So how we treat each other matters to God. We should be transformed members of a new creation. We are agents. We are God's agents to bring reconciliation to all spheres of the world. So what about inside the church? What does that mean? We need reconciliation between people and God. One of the most concerning issues, I talk to a lot of young people. My kids are in a young age demographic, their 20s. Um, And so I talk to a lot of young people. I read a lot. The staff talks a lot. What's happening to our young people? Why are they not wanting to come to church anymore? Why are they leaving our churches? This is across, this is across the nation. Why is this happening? And one of the things I've heard from a lot of young people, and I've read a lot about it, a lot of the reason they don't want to come to church is either they've been hurt by people in the church, but they've also observed how church people treat one another. How heartbreaking is that? What new creation is is Paul calling us to be so that when people step in here, when people encounter us, when they deal with us, that that new creation in Christ is evident by the way we treat one another. Now I say, and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me too, that this is an opportunity for us as a church. We are so excited to have called Pastor Matt. We are excited, but let me tell you something. He cannot be our magic bullet pastor, okay? As much as we would love that, churches call pastors and they want them to fix everything. We all have to take responsibility and work together to get ready so that we can help Matt to help our pastor. About a year ago, our daughter um, decided she was going to bring her boyfriend home for a visit. Now, I was super excited. They had been dating a while, 
but she was, I don't know why, hesitant to introduce him to the family, I can't imagine. So I went into absolute crazy mode. All right, I was like, Robert, you gotta fix everything in the house that's wrong, we gotta get the bathroom sink fixed, we've gotta get the house cleaned up, you've gotta get the garage cleaned out. I called my extended family, now listen, everybody, you gotta be on your best behavior, this guy's gotta like us. I mean, I was over the top. But I wanted him to have a good impression of my family because my daughter cared about him. And it made me think about this time in our church. Now. Let me just tell you, it did not mean that the Potter family was going to be perfect, because that would not happen. But what it did mean was that there were some things we could get ready. We could get more prepared. So when he came for his visit, it would seem like we were ready for him. We welcomed him. We wanted him in our home. I think that's kind of what we're going through in this next month with Trinity. How can we be ready to begin a new chapter? And I think we have the opportunity here at Trinity to do that. But maybe you need to do something. Maybe I need to do something. Maybe you need to repair a relationship with somebody in the body. Maybe we need to apologize for hurtful things we have said or done. Maybe we have not given each other the benefit of the doubt. Maybe we're just outright ignoring each other. God cares about our conduct and our performance as a Christian and how we treat one another does matter. Let God direct you where you might need to do some work here. I need to do some work here, and I want to do it. Let's get our messes cleaned up as best we can before our new pastor gets here. God uses the ministry of others, of us, to implement reconciliation in the world. Reconciliation with God entails reconciliation with those who also have wronged us. Queen Elizabeth, I really love Queen Elizabeth, so I'm going to quote another one of her, her great quotes from 1976. The gift I would most value next year is that reconciliation should be found wherever it is needed. A reconciliation which would bring peace and security to families and neighbors at present suffering and torn apart. Remember that good spreads outwards and every little does help. Mighty things from small beginnings grow as indeed they grew from the small child of Bethlehem. God's people are the necessary instruments which the world is reconciled to God. A new life with God in heaven must express itself in a new way of life in the world. How much of our struggle in this life is because we fail to see our friends, our spouses, don't, don't answer, Robert, our children, our bosses, our brothers, our sisters, in the light of the truth, instead of the worldly lies about who they should be or who we think we need them to be. That's a hard one for me. I get in my mind how I think people should be, and I have a hard time moving past that. So that's, been, uh, uh, that's a good working point for me as we go forward. So God is calling us to be his ambassadors 
So let's look at the, the final verses. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to, be, to win for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God's people are the necessary instrument through which this world is going to be reconciled to him. I got to thinking about this this week. What if I were the only person at Trinity Baptist Church and I needed to do all of this work? How much work would get done if it all depended on me? But if we all think about what our part to play is individually, then collectively, San Antonio will be changed because a community of people are changed. A new creation has been formed. So, I, so I, as I've thought about this week, I um, have been really thinking about what, how, we can do, how we can do this. And the cool thing is this. We are all new creations in Christ. And it is never too late to move, to change, to, to do things in our life. That is the beauty of Christ. Now, I'm going to admit... I've never in my life watched A Wonderful Life. It's a wonderful life. I know, I know. It's very upsetting to a lot. I never watched it. I never had any interest in watching it. And my daughter this year said, how have you, how could you have never watched this movie, mother? And I said, well, it just looks depressing and sad. I don't know. So we sat down and watched it. And many of you have seen it and you've seen the movie. If you haven't, go home and watch it. It's a good one. Get your tissue box out. You're going to cry a little. But it's about this man, George Bailey, who life doesn't go the way he wants it to go. Things start going bad. He had disappointments. And so one night he decides, I'm going to end my life. And at the moment that he's going to end his life, he said, I wish I would have never been born. The world would be better if I was never born. Any of you ever had that thought? Yeah. So... As he's about to jump off a bridge, an angel appears, a very unlikely, unusual angel appears, to show him, okay, you've never been born. And he takes him to all these different places in his life and how life would have been different if he would not have been born. The impact that he didn't even know he had. It was powerful. It was strong. Now, it wasn't real. It was a vision. I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end. You've got to go home and watch it. But we, we don't have the benefit of having a vision of, hey, how would life look if I weren't in it? But every person in here has value to God. You've touched somebody that you don't even know. You've done things that you're not even aware of. Your existence matters to God. And if nothing else this morning, just saturate in that for a minute. God loves you and has a plan for your life. And so as we look at his purpose for us, for our life, individually for our life together, let's think about a couple of things. In Christ, we are all new creations Praise God, okay? When I look back 20 years ago, I am so glad I'm a different person than I was then. God's constant movement in my life is so cool to look back on. So 
take a minute and reflect back on some of the things in your life and how God has helped make you a new creation. Let him help you see people differently. The people that you struggle with the most, I guarantee you, there's a reason they're in your path. God wants us to reconcile. And you know what happens most of the time when we reconcile with somebody? Who changes the most, them or you? For me, it's most of the time me. And a lot of times when I hear their perspective or understand their story, it changes how I feel about him. If we did that more in our country, we'd be in a different place. Let's do that at our church. Let's have conversations. Let's work together. Because God is calling us to be ambassadors to the world, a world that needs to know his love, needs to know and see his transforming power. So as we get ready to turn the page at Trinity, let's let God examine and work in our lives in places where we may be stuck. Maybe we're stuck on the same page. Maybe we haven't read as many books and haven't turned as many pages as we would like to. But we have an opportunity to do this so that we can move on and we can be the people that God wants us to be through forgiveness and reconciliation so that we can be the ambassadors he has called us to be. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that I've had this morning to get to be up here and to preach your word. Lord, I thank you this week that it was tough at times because you've convicted me of some things that I need to do things I need to do personally and things I need to do better to be a better part of this church body. Lord, I just pray that we all let you penetrate our hearts. Let, Let us welcome your conviction. Let us welcome what you want us to do so that we can leave here and we can go out into this world and there's no mistake whose ambassador we are. We are your ambassador, and that is obvious by the way we live our lives, the way we conduct ourselves, and the way we treat others. In your name I pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Dr. Robert Creech. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church, please visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.